Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. It's taken us a while to get here, but we're finally here. Thank you to YouTube uh, for breaking just before the game. It was an Arsenal-esque performance from them, wasn't it? But this is the this is ABW, and we are going through the Vittoria game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Vittoria game it was really yeah. So Danny has introduced himself already. Say hello, Danny. I can do this. Look, I'm sat in my electric chair. I've got the horn. <laughs> oh, blimey! Because I've been out this um, afternoon, and we're going out again after this for dinner. Because Sean's back for a while. Hello, everybody. Thanks for waiting with us. Yeah, absolutely. And joining us as well uh, for what? This is three in a row now, isn't it, Drew? It's, I'm in better form than Arsenal. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> How many shots on target have you had? Quite a few. <laughs> it's awful. More than more than one. So that's fine yeah. enough. Absolutely. So, oh, I've got to talk to this lovely chat box as well whilst we're here. They've been very um, patient, Josh. They have been incredibly patient, except for Chris Lodato, who has been texting me endlessly saying, where are you? Um, so there's one of them. Uh, Thunder Road is in there. Archie, Ed Loud's there. Uh, oh, and 2365100 is there. Uh, I don't know whether and 2365101 is or what happened to the number 99 either. Uh, Oscar Arias was there as well. Uh, Carlito Alguna, Renry, Will AFC. It's amazing how many of you are. I've come to see this. All 56 of you. And we've got 12 thumbs up. That's a better ratio than Jace could ever get. So, Danny, should we start with the lineups? I'd like, yeah, that, and send yeah. it there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the, if the Europa League can get highlights more than just the two kickoffs, I'll be amazed. Maybe the team walking out. So, yeah, Danny, do you want to talk? Because we saw the return of three at the back. Yeah, we certainly did. It was. Um, can you hear me all right? Because I'm a little bit further away from the mic than I usually am because I can't reach it. Um, yeah, I said on the last night's show when, we, when uh, Drew was on with us, I said Emery has now played seven different formations in the last eight games. Well, make this eight in the last nine and the first time this season we've gone three at the back. And I thought, well, maybe it'd be quite good because then we'll have Bellerin on one side, Tierney. Oh, hold on a second. He's got a winger on one side and he's got a defender on the other side. Right. Um, oh, hold on. Um, we've got two attacking midfielders in the centre. He he surely can't be having even um, Socrates or Mustafi being the Louise bringing it out of um, out of the uh, the back, spraying it around all over the place. And it turns out he is. So we had Maitland-Niles trying to defend on the right, which he's failed to do quite a few times recently because that's not his job. Tierney is brilliant down the left, didn't get the ball. And we had uh, two holding midfielders of, of Socrates and Ceballos. Absolute genius. Uh, I thought we would win this game by at least 10 clear goals. What a mess. <laughs> Drew, I imagine you also had your head in the hands when you saw that midfield combination of Willock and Ceballos. Of course. <laughs> but I don't know. It's nothing that we haven't talked about before. I kind of don't want to go over it again just for the sake of sanity. But simply put, it's the usual issues persist. You know, our 11 lacks any semblance of balance. Um, I mean, I understand that you know, he wants to go away from home and maybe set us up slightly more defensively and, and maybe hit them on the break, but we didn't actually do that. 
the system that he put us in in the shape didn't match how we actually played. So it's kind of like same thing, no balance, and it showed on the pitch. What do we do? We had one. We didn't have a single penetrative pass into their 18-yard box in the first half. That's awful. And then even though it's the second string 11, you know, you still say that it's enough quality to create something against the team who finished fifth in the Portuguese league in no disrespect, but we're not setting ourselves up to ever dominate matches. And we've said that before on multiple pods I've been on, and it's just – it's, it's clear now to me that he just doesn't have the mentality necessary to actually take a club of Arsenal stature and the players that it has at his disposal and then really kick on and try to actually progress us. So this is yet again another microcosm of the issues that have persisted since halfway through last season. So, What did you think of it, Josh, when you saw it? Were you, were you full of the, the joys of spring or did you think, oh, for God's sake? I mean, even on paper, that midfield is probably, <laughs> you know, stronger than that actual midfield. Uh, it's it's an awful combination, really, Willock and Spice. As you say, just there's no... Neither of them want to really pick the ball up from the back and neither of them really want to drive much forward. They both kind of play in that middle position. Neither are good defensively. Neither are good enough attacking either. So we're just kind of missing that whole thing. And it was time and time again we saw that in the midfield that they just weren't there Uh I think Jace was boring us by sending us all the passing stats from the game. But most of them are around our back three. And you can see why when you watch the game that it's because the midfield isn't there asking for the ball. So, um, come. I was going to say, it's, it's like we uh, we miss Xhaka. So if he's got Terraria in the match day squad and Terraria's getting a game, why not just play Terraria there in the first place? And I, what kind of madness is that? I can't. I can't even answer that question because, yeah, it's so obvious, isn't it, really? Is it a sign yeah. that the manager's even more befuddled with all the stuff going on with Xhaka and all the stuff with our, with our run of results of now one win in six games, all the goals we're conceding, it's just made it endlessly worse for him. And then this is this is exactly the kind of game we needed, isn't it? We've got Leicester at the weekend. This will build us up really just in time for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, uh, I think it's one of those that even Martinelli didn't look good in this game. And I don't know how you managed to make Martinelli kind of regress. Everyone else on the field has had a, at least one dodgy game this season. And Martinelli's been a breath of fresh air when he's coming to the side. And even he just didn't look at the races today. Uh, Drew, what did you kind of think of Martinelli's performance overall? Or that front three? I should say, of Pepe and Saka. I mean, you see what they were trying to achieve, I suppose, going into the final third. But again, it's it's kind of the same issues we had under Wenger, oddly enough, in the last year or two, where you had a, a good front three, but we just lacked that 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 final ball. You know, we lacked that the, the movement in the, in the front three in their final third. And I think that showed again today. Again, it's just constant sideways passing, recycling possession through the wingbacks, always trying to force play down the wing. You know that's not kind of what those players are there for. And if you're if you're going to go ahead and start them, you, you've got to give them a chance to express themselves. And I think Martinelli showed in recent performances that he's that kind of player. And I don't think we did him any favors today, to be honest with you. Um, I thought Pepe was. You know, a lot of people have jokes, but he's the kind of player where he'll try something ten times, it won't come off. But the one time it does come off, it leads to something good. So he still kind of has to find his feet. Uh, you know, the assist he had today was excellent. So it's been nice to see him consistently taking. Um, are good set piece opportunities and try to turn them into actual tangible results. But 
Um, again, I just don't think the way we're set up right now, I just don't think it suits. You know, we, we could have had Obama and Lacazette starting from the off today. I don't think they would have created anything either. And I think that's just indicative of the overall issues with the system. And again, that's something we've said with Unai, you know, again, since last season. So the fact that we haven't improved in any measure in that, in that regard is, is, is certainly frustrating. And um, again, I know we want the kids to take some time to pitch, but when, <laughs> when you give them time to pitch and then this is the performance you put in, it's almost better to just not play them at all. So. Yeah, Danny, should we talk about Maitland-Niles as well? I think that's one of the big highlights from the first half was the fact that he was inappropriately dressed and had to have his uh, chain taken off, off him. <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was him or Mr. T. <laughs> then I thought, no, they've got, they've got him on the plane and he hasn't drank no milk, but he's still wearing his, uh, his necklace. Um, I don't know why a player would do that. That's one of the first things you go through, isn't it? You go, you make sure you haven't got your earrings in, you haven't got any rings, or haven't got any necklaces on. You're not wearing a bandana. You're not packing heat. You know the standard things when you're playing playing games in, in the Europa League. So uh, it's very strange. I can't remember the last time I've seen anything like that. Plus, the, the last time I did see something like that, the person had one of the dainty little necklaces on, not a huge big gold one like that. It's just it is literally worth its weight in gold. <laughs> But what did you think to his performance other than that? Uh, did you think it was holding him back, so to speak? Or? Uh, it's hard for him because he spent ages being our makeshift right back, right wing back, right midfielder. And he's had a couple of good games, but more often than not, he struggled to deal with all the job, all the, the aspects of that job that he's required to do. He got an Opta rating of 6.3, which is our, apart from Saka, was our worst on the pitch. Him holding Socrates, they all got 6.3. Martinelli got a 6.4. But I think there was confusion with, with what they knew they had to do because you've got, it, at times you had him and Pepe, both right-sided attacking midfielders, both with pace, both trying to do the same job. Meanwhile, on the left-hand side, Tyranny got hardly anything of the ball because everything was going down the right-hand side. I don't know if they saw some kind of weakness with their left-back or whether uh, Emery decided that everything must go down the right-hand side and we're just and, and Martinelli doesn't um, d- didn't look good because he's not getting the service. Saka did got a six point two, did absolutely nothing. Poor bloke. The whole thing comes like we've been saying all season. If you're not building and creating stuff in the middle of the pitch, and like someone just put in the chat box, you need balls through to the strikers, not over and above and around to the strikers. I know Martinelli's been quite decent in the air. I think he's got a couple of goals out of his seven have been headers or, or goals from um, from wide and high, but. You've got too many players trying to do the same job. And it was almost like none of them knew each other. It was an absolute mess. At times, you saw Ceballos in the middle of the park on his own with nobody there. And in fact, at one point, I, I remember it was about the 50th minute, um, there was uh, the ball come down on our right-hand side and there was absolutely nobody there. So Ceballos had to run from the centre of the pitch over to the touchline to get the ball. And I'm thinking, wow, that, that just sums the entire game up. All the wrong people in the wrong positions, I think. Yes, Drew. What did you make of just that first half in general? It was awful. And again, again, you kind of have to think think that he's again he set us up to 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 not concede, which you know, a he didn't achieve it, and b we didn't really cut out their opportunity to create chances. But overall, we just didn't have anything going for the forward. And and again, it's our insistence on trying to control possession, which is all well and good. But again, the same thing is we didn't do anything with it when we did. Um, like I said before, if you look at the, the passing chain in the first half, we didn't have a single penetrative pass into their 18-yard box in the first 45 minutes. Like That just kind of shows 
that we just we weren't giving ourselves a chance to get a result really and then you know you look at the kind of chances that Fatora is creating with ease and we've said this before in the last couple of shows i was on we're so easy to play through and play around and play over the top of because of this reliance on the wing backs and you know not having a balanced midfield because all of them are trying to press for the forward even the deepest one it's just we make things far too easy just positionally it's poor you know the communication was poor organizationally we're a mess um and again you know I don't know. That's kind of. <laughs> I, I try to avoid being repetitive because we said the same thing, you know, for weeks on end now when I've been on, and I don't want to keep repeating it. But we're not setting ourselves up from kickoff to go and actually try to dominate a performance, especially against a team. Again, it's never a disrespect meant, but this is a match we should be winning comfortably, even with squad rotation. The fact that we're not even doing that. You know, for, and, you know, you see that in the league as well. Again, it kind of tells you what you need to know. So I'm not happy about it. You know, I think the fact that our the best chance we created was a set piece header. Again, you know, with some of the players that we have in this team, it's it's that, that's it for me. That sums it up. Do you think the weather conditions kind of played a part as well? I've seen some saying, you know, because it's raining so heavily during this game that it might have, you know, kind of uh, dampened the game a little. I mean, I really don't think so. <laughs> there are people who play in snowstorms, like in Russia, and they still can, can produce halfway decent football, so I don't really think that rain has anything to do with it. I know Klopp famously used that as an excuse, but it's a, it's a kind of it's kind of a convenient one. You can change your approach and, and still put in actual performances despite weather conditions. So for me, I, I don't think that's a good enough excuse. And it's just, you know, you look at the performance, it's not about the fact that it was raining, and I don't think anyone really performed well. Has nothing to do with a wet pitch, so yeah. Yeah, Danny, what did you reckon to that first half before we move swiftly into the second? I was, I don't often. I, mean, I, I it takes a while for me to get angry, and I'm starting to get angry with Emery because you can just see all the wrong players in the wrong positions, the right players on the pitch. Why, if we, if this is a game that we can afford to draw, which it is, like someone's put in the chat box there, an away draw in the Europa League, when we've already got nine points, that's not too bad, that's acceptable. If you're going to use the reserve team, use the reserve team. Don't bring Pepe, Lacazette, Torreya, and uh, and 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 Pappy at the moment because he, he's still part of the uh, the, the starting eleven. Don't bring those players. But there's no point in bringing Torreya on at nil nil with 50, 10, 15 minutes to go. I and mean, what's that going to achieve? You know, if you've wanted a short, if you wanted him to play, should have played him from the start. I was talking to Sophie about this, and she was um, pointing at me and laughing and saying, "Well, some of these players, Lacazette's come back from injury, and uh, Pepe still needs game time, and all these other things." She's completely right. A lot of them. Um, that the, the, those players could do with playing, but it seems to be that we had two mixtures of two teams. When so many, so often you don't need all of that lot. Now, if we, if, if I'd have said to you two um, that you, oh, we've had, uh, are you writing that down, Josh? I am. Ah. You can say it though if you like. Uh, yeah, Michael Harneyman. We have new cut. Oh, people, we should explain two things. Remind me where I was, Josh, about if we could pick. If we had to pick the starting eleven. Michael Harneyman has done a lovely donation. Another game, we take the lead and can't see out. This job is beyond Emery. Um, the last show, people get kept getting kicked out. They've now, Michael Harneman, as you can see, um, YouTube has different colours for different amount of donations. Uh, StreamYard have now included those colours in their app that we use, the programme that we're using. So it is the integration of that app was making the, the show kick people out. And that's now been fixed. And also, um, Thunder Road asked in the YouTube comments, because we, we do read all of the YouTube comments. 
He um he said, where is Jeff? Where is Raj? Raj left at the end um, halfway through last season because we all know he's a, he's a busy man with the, with the uh, bootleg Beatles flying all around the world. Jeff has been having his kitchen done, and he messaged me this week, and he wants to do a, a pod very soon. And Dom has just moved from Canada back to Australia. In case people were wondering where people were. God, I remembered all of that and I got it out without messing up, unlike my last night's intro. Um, Josh, if we had to, if I said to you, you had to pick a starting 11 for this game, you couldn't use any of the teams, that, the players that play in the Premier League. Could you, have, could you have done a better job than we did tonight, than Emery did tonight? Uh, yeah, I think so, because I would have played three in midfield uh, and we didn't need to play three at the back, personally. This seemed more like a team put together to kind of give all of those people that are moaning about a lack of minutes, minutes. I think that was fundamentally what we saw there, you know, uh, other than maybe Socrates, the rest of them haven't really had proper minutes. I think Tierney, and this might, you know what, there's no might about it, it will be controversial. I think he's getting dropped for the Leicester game. Uh, I don't think against Wolves, to be honest. I think the reason we took him off in 87 minutes rather than making an attacking substitution was because he wasn't really dealing with Traore towards the end of the game. He'd been run ragged, and just at that point, he was getting completely uh, swamped by him and the way that they were attacking. Hmm. Yes. I'll take yeah, it yeah. Andrew. Say that again. I said, um, John, we're just saying that um, if you had to pick an 11 for tonight's game that didn't include any Premier League players, you could easily have done it, couldn't you? I mean, I think so. I agree with Josh that I think three midfield would have made far more sense. And then we have the players to make it a balanced three, and that's what's important. I and mean, we, we don't need a player in the number 10 role. You know, if Nelson's fit enough to make the bench, then theoretically he probably could have started. At least you give him 45 minutes at the start and then bring someone else on if you need to. But you could have usually gone with Nelson on the right, Sock on the left, Martinelli at number nine, and then a balanced midfield three. I think that's far that's far more effective. And you go a bit more direct. You go at them at pace. You have players who like to be on the ball, and they can break teams down with go, going at the defense at pace if the if the final pass isn't there. And then again, I agree with Josh. I don't think we need a three at the back. I think it's just again, it's far too it's just far too passive. You know, it's just not what you need to go. You go in with an aggressive, you know kind of tactical plan for the day and you put the you know put the match away at half time and then you undoubtedly seal progression to the next group stage. And right now it's about trying to find form. Overall I don't think a lot of people are understanding that. It's a draw against Victoria isn't it's it's not Armageddon, but considering the nature of our form overall, we need every good performance we can get right now because again, we, you know, off the back of this, we're going we have Leicester at the weekend. You know, who can say, like, right now confidently that the players are going to be confident going in to Leicester away? I, I don't think many of us can. I think all of us are expecting us to lose a, a draw if we're, if we're lucky. And if you look at our form, six wins in the last 15. And if, in our last four matches on the spin, we've led and we've bottled the lead in our last four matches. And we've been outshot in 10 of our last 17 matches. How that None of that is even remotely close to working and again today sort of show what the issues are um a lot of times we lack creativity a lot of times we really lack you know people who are direct threats but giving license to go and be direct you know how good is pepe when he runs at teams but we're not playing in, in a way that allows him to do that same thing with saka you know when nelson gets time it's the same thing even martinelli to an extent so 
yeah, I think anyone could have done a better job of finding a better balanced 11 today. Like, if they could have maybe gone out and a better performance, I don't think it's that difficult. <laughs> I think even that 11 drew as well. You know, Maitland Niles has been screaming to play in that midfield. This yeah. is your opportunity, right, in the Europa League against a team that isn't necessarily as strong as you'd find elsewhere. Yeah, you could have kept the same 11, just have a, di- have a different formation, have a different approach, yeah. you know, a, a offer something that has better balance. You could have gone with, you know, Maitland-Niles, uh, Willock and Ceballos in that midfield three. We could have worked. Maitland-Niles could have sat deep to the three if necessary. Um, again, you go Martinelli could have been up front with, with Saka and, you know, maybe you start Nelson. But, yeah, the... the it's just about little, little tweaks we could have done, but we never do. And it's just, again, we never have any answers. And it's incredibly frustrating. Yeah, so one of those players in the midfield, Danny, we saw go off midway through the second half with an injury in Sabios. Uh I would say, how do you think he played? But I think these are all going to be a similar response, whichever player I say. It was that, I think Emery was asking too much for him. I, I, I was looking at it and I thought, that can't be the game plan to get Pappy to bring the ball out of defence and give it to Ceballos and Ceballos to go from the defensive midfield role to the central midfield role and then either pass it out wide to one of our two right wingers because there was two playing there at the same time trying to overlap. We, we think it's hard enough when you have a right wing back and a right winger to overlap with each other, let alone two right wingers. Uh, so I suppose... Um, Maitland-Niles was, was playing as, as a right wing back. I suppose I should be fair on that. And, yeah, so you're asking so much from when you've got all that stuff going on in the central midfield, because their formation, they didn't play three at the back. They had four at the back with a hold, a proper holding midfield, then a row of four with their own Pepe, and then one up front. So straight away, you've got at least three players in the centre of their midfield and maybe one of the others, because that Davison, I think, was, was coming in quite a lot. I think Edwards made quite a few. Is Edwards the young English bloke? He's the ex-Spurs player. Yeah. And I noticed a couple of times he was, um, he, he'd come in partly to where the kind of the Bergkamp area. And, and then uh, I noticed he's, he's very one-footed, I think. And I noticed a few times. Like, but when I was looking at it and I thought, that cannot be. You, ca- you cannot seriously be expecting Socrates and Ceballos to do that job in the central midfield. I know Willock, Willock was the one that had the more of the free roll up front, trying to create stuff and pass it around. And Willock did well, but that's too much to ask of a young player. Like Drew was saying, Ceballos should have been, for, for me, Ceballos should have been the one playing behind Martinelli. And then it should have been Willock floating around and then Torreya playing in front of the, the back ones and playing for four at the back. This three at the back, he's trying to accommodate too many players. We've got so many fast, pacey, um, wide players. I mean, in that one alone, we had uh, Pepe, Saka, Maitland-Niles. And then you had Willock and Ceballos, so I suppose you could say uh, the the more the, uh, the attacking role. Like someone said on the podcast, he's, he's just constantly trying to look for a new Aaron Ramsey that can do everything, isn't he? And he's not finding it. Yeah, it's, it's an odd one with kind of Aaron Ramsey as well, because we obviously decided we didn't want him as a kind of player, but seem to be now trying to shoehorn everybody in to that kind of uh, position. A big thank you to Jim Halson as well, who has just slid in with uh, a donation for us. Uh, the comment, I feel bad, but I actually laughed when we scored. You know what? We'll probably get to that in a second because <laughs> I did something very similar. Um <laughs> Drew, let's uh, let's actually go on to the goal because the other things that I've kind of we could talk through the substitutions if you want. We had Laka came on for Saka, and Willock came off for Torreira. Uh, 
you know there's been a lot said about Emery's substitutions, especially in the Wolves game. What did you think to these? Being like, on oh, makes sense because he wants to get a goal, but I don't. <laughs> He's, he, we need another. We needed the goal. We needed to be more effective in the final third. He brought Torreira on is the question that I have. That doesn't make sense to me because instinctually and in terms of what he's best at, that's not his forte. So I, I don't, you know, can do you could say maybe we could drive the play if, if, you know, if there's nothing really available in front of him, he can push play forward. But Torres just really isn't that player. So I don't get the Torres substitution. But Gendouzian, like I said, I think makes sense overall. But did it really make us that much better? No. And I think, again, if you keep putting in diff different pieces into a setup and things aren't really improving, it tells you what's broken. It's not the pieces of the setup. Um, in terms of the goal, I mean, there's nothing much really more to say about it. You know, it was a nice header by Mustafi. It was a good ball by Pepe. I like the fact that he's giving us that that dynamic of a real threat from set pieces now, not just when he has a go at himself, but he seems to deliver pretty well in terms of his service. So I'm happy about that. And it kind of bailed us out in terms of us getting a point, but that's all we really created. So there's nothing much more to say. It's really interesting what you said on the Torreira substitution. I thought Torreira coming on at that time was actually something that seemed positive for me because I thought it then signalled us going to three in midfield. I think because of the bench that was available, he was the only other midfielder other than Guendouzi. Sure, I would have I would have agreed if we went with three in midfield. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, right. it's the player that came off. If if we say Socrates or Mustafi or, or Holding comes off, and, you know, Maitland-Niles shifts to right back, or even Maitland-Niles comes off, and we go to three in midfield, I think that was the biggest problem today, wasn't it? The right, I would have been far more happy if, again, you and I have always been big proponents of having a three in midfield, so if that was the change, then I would have been far more happy with it, and I think then maybe it would have had a bit more of an effect in the match, but, it, again, you replace one piece with another in an ineffectual way, and it doesn't change anything. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, quick shout to the chat box as well. Uh, if you have any questions, pop them in there. A little bit of a cue, and then it will help us spot them. Um, or just put a question before it, and we'll probably find it. I think Danny is fishing away in there. Uh, Danny, do you want to talk us through Mustafi's goal? What was your reaction to it? He didn't really get the memo, did he? <laughs> I always said he's magnificent. Jace probably high fived himself when that went in because <laughs> uh, Jace has a soft spot for old Mustafi. Wonderful set piece yet again from Pepe, which is why I said on last night's podcast that Pepe is coming into form. He's dead ball. He's brilliant with the dead ball. He's 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 got the tricks and that's good. And he's still doing all the tricks and the drag backs and taking players on and trying to zigzag through the box. He's now showing that he is a dead ball specialist. I think after the 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 the, 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 the um. The free kick today onto Mustafi's head. The three against, uh, was it Wolves? I said this last night and I forgot who the hell we played. Well, uh, Palace. The three set pieces from Palace where and the corners that we all scored from. And then the two free kicks against this lot in the, the corresponding fixture. It, we have shown that he is deadly when he's when he's played, which is why he should have came on um, against Liverpool. And or he should have um, played not Liverpool. Who we play at the weekend? Wolves. He should have played against Wolves, or at least came on in the last twenty minutes, half an hour. Even when we were playing badly, something like that with someone with that much skill and that much ability, he can just turn the game, and that's what he did. And it was it was wonderful to see, and I'm really happy that Mustafi got it because Mustafi last season had the blame pointed at him for absolutely everything. The battery on my my 
Sharan was was flat, and I went, "Oh fuck you, Mustafi." That's how that's how bad and much he was blamed for everything. And it actually turns out it wasn't really Mustafi's fault. It's much of a muchness with the with the entire team and the entire defence. So yeah, good for him. Well done. And no doubt it makes you happy because he's one of your lot. Oh, uh, Ginger. Sorry, yes. I thought you were talking to Drew. As uh... he's not American. <laughs> no. No, I, I was going with uh, someone that likes the German national team. Man, that's German. Oh, that's that's yeah. where I was going with that one. Uh, but yeah, Drew, what do you reckon to the goal? Um, you know, it was our first shot on target, I should say, for anybody who didn't watch the game. This was 79 minutes into the game we got our first shot on target. I mean, again, it's just... <laughs> I kind of mentioned it before, I think, two or three times, but that's... I don't know. It's just not good enough at that point. And again, especially after the fact that you the, kind of the change we brought, you bring Lacazette on, it doesn't really make us any more effective for the forward, so... Um, that was worrying, wasn't it? Yeah, first shot, and then well, not for nothing, we did have Pepe, in, uh, you know, getting considerable minutes, and we still didn't really, we never really tested a side that we should be have them pinned back, but also not just pinned back, but pinned back and, and effectually getting chances at goal. Even if you don't finish them, that's okay. But the first step is actually trying to garner the chance, and we didn't actually really even do that. So. It's frustrating, and again, it's it's hard to watch this kind of performance and, and and look at the team and see how much more can we really improve before we play against Leicester. Because if we put this performance in against Leicester, we're going to lose by five or six goals. I mean, it's going to be kind of a bloodbath. So, um, you know, nothing really much more to say. But I think we've kind of covered the goal and, and, and the nature of the fact that we were. Yeah, should we should we talk through the ninety first minute goal where you know the last five minutes. Victoria really kind of woke up. Uh, do you want to talk us through the? Uh, it was a it's a great finish to be fair, but I thought the spirit of Jerry Payton had come back out for Martinez. You talking to me? Yeah, or Danny. Um, I'm to you, Drew. But again, I think if anyone can watch kind of the ebb and flow of the match, you know that Victoria always really kind of had a goal in it with them. It's just a matter we got lucky they didn't score a second or a third, especially in stoppage time. You know, they had. They could have got, scored three goals in three minutes in stoppage time. That really sums it up. You know, flash two just wide. You know, they had the goal. They actually scored. Everything just fell apart. But we've seen it time and time and time again and again. I, I saw someone tweet on it maybe two days ago that people always used to have a go at Arsene Wenger saying how mental strength is incredibly important. But this is a microcosm of that. We've seen it under Emery since his, the, the entirety of his tenure that the wheels fall off the bus in spectacular fashion with us late on in matches. And we've seen, again, you know, in our last four matches on the spin now, we've blown a lead. So, what that, I mean, that kind of that lays it out kind of bare for you. Um, you know, heads drop when we, when we give up a goal, and then every, the concentration's at the window, communication, everyone's panicking needlessly. It's almost just like they, you know, we, they, they're acting like we just gave up a third or a fourth goal, and then they just kind of give up. It's, it's incredibly frustrating. Um, again, the marking kind of breaks down, you know, the communication isn't really there. Um, and, but, but it's nothing new from Victoria that they were trying similar moves all match long, but at least for not for nothing, we defended at least slightly better in other passages of play throughout the match. But in the final three or four minutes, it's panic stations and they get three really good chances and they only put one away and we were incredibly lucky with that. So, um, and it's the same, it's kind of the same areas too, where, where we're always getting, Kind of burn. It's it's you know it's the half space between you know the left the left wing back and then the left center back or it's the left, uh, left just you no know, left center back if we're playing a back four. 
because no one knows when they have to check, when they have to sit off, who's, who's man marking the, the trailer and the back post, who's watching the light run from the top of the box, poor communication from the keeper. You know, no one knows how to, how to clear a ball or who's going to clear the ball or whatever have you when things sort of bounce around in the boxes. Again, we've seen these same mistakes for so, so many years, and it's clear that we've not really generally worked on things at the back under Emery, and that was supposed to be one of his big agreements was to make us better defensively, and we've gotten worse. So I, I don't even know where to go from here with that. And again, these kind of chances, you can just see bigger and better teams carving them up with ease. You know, And it's just, again, yeah, just getting frustrating, frustrating. Uh, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I hadn't signed out. As I was reading, uh, I was reading the chat box. Uh, Josh, because I can't reach the keyboard to put the minus signs that we usually reach. And thunder, that was Sean. Uh, Sexy Frank's come out to get the decorations out of the loft, and so uh, you telling him shut the fuck up. I'm, on, I'm doing a show. I see. Um, yeah. So, Danny, what did you think to the goal that we conceded as well? Magnificent. It was FIFA-esque. It's the kind of stuff that, that Chris concedes goals at FIFA the entire time. I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Chris got up, got his PS4 controller and threw it out the window just out of habit of going, oh, oh, shit, that was actually a real goal in a real game. The I counted there was a goalkeeper and three of our defenders around him. And at the other side of the post, the goalkeeper's right, there was another two of our defenders. So this bloke, without looking, overhead kicked it into our goal past six defenders and a goalkeeper. So, I mean, even if you'd have done that 100 times, you're bound to have hit one of our players, even if they weren't looking. Uh, it's just very, very fluky. And I suppose that they deserved it because the last five minutes of that game was absolutely brilliant for, for the average fan, not for us. And and they nearly, um, or I suppose you might come on to it, they, they nearly scored another two, didn't they? They were very, very close. In fact, if Mustafi wouldn't have unmustafied himself, he'd have put one in off his knee, wouldn't he? <laughs> Yeah, do you want to talk us through those last couple of opportunities and how kind of squeaky that last few minutes was? I was having a panic attack because uh, this thing wasn't working. I was going, what am I going to do? Jason's going to send me to the naughty step. And uh, yeah, people don't use the Y word when talking about Spurs fans. My mate's a season ticket holder at Spurs. He uses it. My next door neighbour, Jack, is 92 years old. He's Jewish. He's a Spurs fan. He uses it. It's just, he makes everyone's life easier if we don't use the Y word in the chat box because it's um it's, it's some people don't like it um yeah they're just uh they're very unlucky i managed to look, have a quick look back and one of them grazed the the, the right hand post as we were looking at it and then went off went out and i thought bloody hell that's supposed we're not gonna make that mistake again and then then the mustafi um one went off um, he pulled back just at the last second because if he'd have got even the slightest glance that that would have gone in as well seems everything was down to martinez's left side or the right-hand side of the goal as we were looking. I think we were very lucky not to concede a last-minute goal and go full Emery. So, Drew, I know you've probably mentioned this a few times across the podcast you've done with us in the last few days, but did that change your thoughts on the manager position? Um, kind of result? <laughs> I don't think it necessarily changed anything. I don't think that I ever necessarily wanted him to stay, but I also feel like sometimes when you make panic decisions too early it can have a detrimental knock-on effect of what happens post that however i do think that tough decisions do have to be made if you have a bigger club mentality and i said on the podcast yesterday Bayern to sack nico kovac despite winning the double last season you know they're sitting fourth only what two or three points out of first but they still sacked them for for other issues that have nothing to do with the fact that they're still getting 
most of the time they're getting results. It's about things that are bigger than that. And for us, you, you can't look at Emory and his tenure with us and see exactly the direction where we're going. Again, we've gotten worse. We're conceding more shots and garnering less chances since he's been manager. You know, the results are only a result of a lot of them were quite lucky, like we said, you know, in the undefeated run last time. A, we should have lost. B, we were the, the, the worst team of the two. This is kind of a commonplace sort of event that we've seen under him. And for me, I don't think it really can continue. Um, I'm not a big fan of the stability either, but you can't, again, if you can't look at it and, and, and find any redeeming qualities to say, well, if you focus on this, you know, this aspect or maybe this one over here, maybe we can kick on and find some semblance of form and really actually make some semblance of progression. If you can't say that, then the manager has to go. So for me, I think if he lost today, I would have sacked him. Um, I think if the Leicester match this weekend is as bad as it potentially can be, I think then he absolutely has to go because it leaves us enough time to really try to find, uh, I, I would personally then, I would just give the job to Freddie until we found either a better interim manager or just give it to the end of the year and find the better replacement in the summer. It gives us time to try to really put the pieces back together and find some sort of identity that we can then build upon because it's all well and good to find a new manager to replace one that's been sacked. But if you have no direction at the club, whether it's tactically or, or what you want to do with the youth setup or um, kind of any, any identity that you can really cling on to, then how do you know you're picking the right manager for the job? I think that's that, that's one of the bigger problems we have. We don't have anything for the next manager to go on. And while you can then say, well, he has a clean slate, he kind of really doesn't because he has so many issues that he has to fix before he can even remotely try to instill what he would like to do. That's a really tough task, especially at a, at a big club where not for nothing, we're not going to expect the manager to come in and win the league this season, obviously, but there will be expectations. It's going to be hard to meet those if we're not giving them a decent platform to work off. Of. I don't think we really have it right now, other than the fact that we have a lot of quality players at the club, everything else is an absolute mess. So I think just giving it to Freddie because he's already been here, players know him, they like him, the kids actually adore him. You know, he at least has the rhetoric of wanting to play a bit more expressive and progressive football. I think you just go with it and do your due diligence and finding a better manager in the summer, unless you can get someone like Rafa to come in and turn it around quickly, which I don't think he will. Um, so yeah, I just, I think he has to go. Um, I, again, if, if, we, if we get smashed this weekend, he has to go. I, I don't see how Josh and, and Raul and Vianney can help him out to persist at this point. I think it's a disaster waiting to happen if we, if we stick it out with him. I think it will only get worse. Yeah, uh, I think the good thing for us, at least in that sense, was that Raul and Vinny were both out at this game today as yeah. well. Uh, so they truly can see what was going on between the prawn sandwiches and glasses of Prosecco. I'm sure they were quaffing. Uh, Danny, would you like to go through the questions that we've got from the lovely chat box and listeners? Because that was the game. Uh, one all puts us 10 points, still top of the table. So not necessarily the worst thing in the world, but, you know, at least some people didn't have to watch that game. Yeah, lucky them. So we've got 10 points from Europa League games, from, from four Europa League games, and we've got 17 points from 11 Premier League games. Maybe we are a, a Europa League team after all. Seems the way it's heading. Right, up to the top, and a question from Michael Harneman for you, Drew. Did he play Torreya off the striker again, or did he actually play him in his preferred position when he came on? And he says in brackets, I missed the game. So, a bit of explanation if you don't mind. 
I mean, I think it was kind of a, you'd have to say it was kind of a bit of both. I mean, it's clear that when he uses Torreya, he doesn't want Torreya to just sit. You know, he wants him to go forward and get involved. So I wouldn't say he played him as a 10, no. But I think he's still trying to turn Torreya into kind of like his version of Aaron Rams. And I think that is indicative of the fact that I don't think he rates Torreya as a holding player because that's just not the kind of holding player that he's accustomed to. You know, he's had the likes of, you know, Kroshoyak and, and Zonzi in their big units, you know, in their, you know, that they're just different footballers. So I don't, I just don't see it happening that way. No, I wouldn't say he played him just behind the striker. No, but I do think that he, he's been given license to go further forward if the opportunity presents. I think that's half the problem. He ain't no Aaron Ramsey. That's all you need to know. Um, right. A question here from Oscar to Josh. Has Mustafi played himself into the first team contention? Oh, that's a good question. Because he's not done a lot wrong this season. That being said, he's only played about five games. Would you be more happy been... more comfortable with him in the centre of defence next to Luis rather than Papi? Oh, uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it might be a time for Socrates to kind of... Well, we'll see what happens because I'm sure Socrates is a few bookings away from suspension. <laughs> but I think if we do have that space available... It's between Mustafi and Callum Chambers, to be fair, and Chambers has been excellent. He has been a hat-trick of assists. Magnificent. Right, question for you, Drew, from Peter Colson. Give me, well, you can, have, you can both have a go at this. Give me one good reason why Emery should not be sacked tonight. I can't. Next question. <laughs> Again, there's nothing. I don't think anyone can, can seriously cling to anything and say that this is worth keeping him for. I mean, other than, and I think, what did we talk with uh, John about it yesterday? That other than you can say that he's done a better job than people assumed he would in terms of giving time to the young players. Other, other, but any other manager can have can have that same knock on effect if you pick the right one. So I don't really think that's even a good enough reason to keep him because for me, I think that's a remit of the club. I don't think it's a remit of Emery. I think he's been told that we have a good young you set up. You know, you know. Think going with Perry, you have Freddie there for a reason. We have to play these young players, and I think that's why he's doing it. I don't think it's necessarily his choice. So, no, I wouldn't even keep him for that reason. So, I can't really see a reason why we should persist. No, Josh, do you maybe think that now Halloween has gone, all the Emery vampire mugs from the club shop have, have been sold at a discount rate? There's no longer a reason to keep him on, is there? Uh, no, I think unless they don't have to put all the mirrors back up in the training ground. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question is from Josh. He says, all I can see is zeros from you, Danny. I then put lots of zeros, and you put, unless Jason is haunting us. <laughs> <laughs> because normally I put a mine. But when we're in the chat box, people, what we do, we go and cut and paste your questions. We paste it, and then we do an entire line of, of um, lines, dot, 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 those uh, next to the zero. And I couldn't reach it with my fat fingers, so I was just using zeros. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'll stick with you, Josh, for this question because uh, the last one was too easy. From Loki73, how much time do we waste on Emery? We can't just keep on writing off whole seasons. Oh, that is a good question. And I think it's going to be similar to what uh, Drew had kind of alluded to or a follow-on from that. To be honest, I would keep him as long as until we find the perfect replacement for him. Now, I don't want us to try and, you know, try and get like a moon on the stick 
we're not going to get a Guardiola. He's not going to be readily available. But there are options out there. And if they're not available immediately to take over, say, the weekend, but we can get them in, say, January, I'd be inclined to hold on to him for that point to leave a little bit of stability rather than move to a caretaker situation with, I don't know, Carcido or Jumberg or Perez, whatever he does, coming into a caretaker role for just a few months. I'd, I'd rather just keep him in place, keep a little bit of stability in there whilst we do things in the background around him. Because I don't think many of us care for Unai's feelings. So leaving him in a job whilst we find a replacement behind his back won't be too arduous a, a thought for anybody. Fair enough. Right. Ross on Twitter sent me a question five hours ago. Question for the pod. Um, you can answer this first, Drew, then you, Josh. Would you take Wenger as interim manager in brackets if the club made it was very clear he was interim and just to take the position to help, Drew? That's really tough. I don't think so. And it's not because I don't rate Wenger. I just think we've already had that stone turned over a couple of times and needs to remain there. Plus, he's going to go to Bayern anyway, so don't worry about it. Mm. So, Josh? Uh, would I take Wenger back? No. I th- it would taint his legacy. Yeah. Yeah, plus if he does well, then people are going to be shouting and screaming, let's keep him. Let's do it again. 22 more years. 22 more years. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'll be nearly 100 by the time he retires. Right. Um, while I see it in the chat box, there's a question here from Junior Gunner. I haven't proofread it, so hopefully Josh is going to be good. Is Emery that naive and stupid that he's content and happy with our defence, in quote marks. No, happy with our defensive performance, in quotes. Or is he trying to downplay the clear problems in our squad? Yeah, I think he's doing distraction techniques now. Try and uh, fool everybody into asking uh, questions about something completely different. I think for him, this Xhaka captaincy issue, yeah, he could have nipped it in the bud pretty simply, but he's kind of pushed it a little bit you know, exit on a little bit longer to help cover up for some other questions that would have been in place. Uh-huh. Okay. Right. Uh, hello to Chelsea Headhunter C18. Nice to see you there. Uh, we all need cheering up, so carry on your fine work, sir. Question for you, Drew, from Loki73. Did it make you feel good to play on a Wednesday in Europe again? <laughs> I mean, sure, it's not going to be a feeling we're going to get next season, so we may as well take it while we can get it. Oh, that's, that, that is going to be um, uh, a, a quiz question at one point, isn't it? When was the last time we played on a Wednesday in Europe? Pick <laughs> <laughs> that one. Um, right, go back to our questions. One for you, Josh, from Archie. Is the board, if the board do not sack Emery after Leicester, is it time for the fans to put their anger on them for their negligence? I knew you said negligence then. That got. <laughs> Well, I don't know what photos you've got, Danny, from uh, whatever Collings is sending you straight from the training ground. Uh, But, you know, I think it's one of those that I've got the faith that the board are doing something about the situation. And it's just a case of the reason why he hasn't gone yet is because we haven't got the person lined up yet to replace him. That's my hope. Now, Whatever happens on the field, yeah, less, after Leicester, I think it's then another question to the board of whether or not they want to go 
and get rid of Emery immediately and bring in Jumberg. I think that's the only question is whether or not we want a caretaker until we get that kind of negotiations finished with whoever else we want to actually bring in. Fair enough. Right. Uh, where was I down to this one? Oh, here we go, Drew. This is from Michael Harneman. It's in a different colour. Um, he says, was it a mistake not to bring on Aubameyang? Uh, I mean, no. Uh, everyone wants to see us perform well in the competition we play in, but the fact is that this is a competition and this is a group stage that has been reserved for outliers and, and, and second strings to get their minutes. And you want Aubameyang as fresh as possible for Leicester. So... I, no, I don't. I don't think we needed him to come off the bench. I didn't want to see him off the bench because, for all you know, and any knock he picks up in a competition, we don't want him playing because that's a disastrous knock-on effect for what happens in the league. So, if he needs a rest, rest him now. You know, let him get used to his new unfortunate captaincy role, and then bring on Lester at the weekend. So. Fair enough. Right, we've got a couple more questions. One from Sai Anvesh. I don't see how I could have pronounced that wrong, but I probably have. Uh, for you, Josh, opponents overload, overload our wings to stop us from scoring. We don't move the ball through the middle. So are, so are set plays the only way we can score goals from now on? Oh, it seems that way at the moment. We seem to have completely lost how to do that kind of creativity of that point. Everything we're kind of scoring is kind of, pullbacks uh yeah we, we are missing that kind of creativity it doesn't help that yeah we can't move the ball through the middle because we've only got two players in there uh we could yeah we, we'd have more of a chance if we played three in midfield to play through the middle and try some of those more interplays yeah michael was saying here that he wasn't in the squad i do I did, I did realise that halfway through saying it. I thought I'd just carry on with it anyway. <laughs> uh, right, question for you, Drew, from Will Clark. Did he play five at the back today because he was going to play the same against Leicester? That's something uh, I was thinking Christ, about. I fucking hope not. Because if we play five at the back against Leicester, they're going to absolutely smash us. There's no way. <laughs> I love it when you get agitated. Fuck no! Give me a heart attack! Normally I try to be reserved, but there are certain things I dislike thinking about, and that's one of them. Because, again, playing five at the back means that we're going to have such an over-reliance on the wingbacks. Lester will absolutely put us to bed by halftime. It'll be a disaster. So, no, I hope not. I hope that it's just a kind of a one-off where he wanted some in his head. He wanted some semblance of you know, defensive stability you know, through the middle and that was his rationale. Whether you agree with it or not, it's another story because I don't. But against Leicester, no, there's no way. I mean, there's no way. All right. I've just done um, a quick look, see if there's any more. There isn't, Josh. So oh. back to you with your translucent legs and you know, be as you know, beard going, Josh. I've got, oh. I, was, I was getting out of the back of my, I've got a Volkswagen Schran. I just wheel up the back of it. And I was with Shanta and I like to embarrass her in the car parks. So as I was wheeling out backwards, I go, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. Shouting it at people. <laughs> you're such an ass man. <laughs> well, I presume they can't park near a playground at the moment with you looking oh, like that no, no. <laughs> I have to stay away from it yeah uh, my scarves have come out a lot earlier than they normally do we're just saying that <laughs> I have a very cold face uh, and at the moment yeah it looks like I really need to wash it as well it's uh, yeah not looking good on my top lip 
But hopefully, by the weekends, there'll be something there. Uh, oh, poor old Chelsea yeah. fans getting right kicking in the chat box. Carry oh, on, my yeah. beauties. You show them <laughs> what? Or right, George, right. what do we do now? Do we tell everyone? Do we ring the bell and tell everyone to go home? I think I think we do. But before we do that, we say yes. thank you to everybody. Go on then. And we mention about why we're both hairless. Go tell them. So, uh, yeah. Myself, Danny, Ellis, and Shredder uh, have all removed all their facial hair, all our facial hair. Uh, Jason naturally hasn't done it because he didn't need to, but we're He's all doing for our old ones, hasn't he? <laughs> he has. He has. He's got all our clippings. He said he didn't want any of the ginger ones, so he's just got yours and uh, Ellis's. Uh, so he'll be sporting a beard next week, hopefully. Uh, but we are doing Movember, as Danny has now popped up in there so if you would like to donate to us you can do it in one of the following ways drop us a little uh, donation in the box on our live youtube you can paypal YouTube us directly that, oh yes youtube will take a lot of money from us the because bastards. they are bastards <laughs> bastards to say so this is this episode getting demonetized yeah we're fat now <laughs> yeah <laughs> and yeah, so you can either PayPal us directly or you can go to any of our pages and donate there. If you donate, yeah, if you donate to me because I'm better than everyone else, it's not that. Um, yeah, my, my company are match funding anything. So whatever you put in, they'll put in double. And it's all for a great cause. And it means I'll win at the end, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> whoever's donated the most but yes uh all of the donations for this month will be going towards movember uh i'm sure you've all heard about um ellis and his dad unfortunately and steve um of this parish as well all doing it in remembrance of them and to make sure we don't feel that shit and things like this don't happen as regularly um so yeah it's just a case of say to you danny Thank you. You have to be here. We don't. Thank you very much, Josh. You've been wonderful. And as Thunder Road says, you look like a young Michael Gove. Oh, blimey. Thank you, Thunder Road. Um, and to Drew, uh, three times in a row, we'll have to get you a hat trick ball. <laughs> Thanks, very much. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, it's Cheers, been Drew. absolutely great. Uh, thank you, Chatbox. We will be back for Leicester, which I believe Jason has just put who is in there. He will be joined by the only bearded wonder left in ABW, that is John. And Ellis will be joining Jason for what can only be described as probably Emery's funeral. <laughs> and thank you. Good night. Danny, switch this shit off. Ah. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business.